I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, and it is, guys, girls, it is such a treat to be here today. We have with us Emily Fletcher. Emily, how are you? <laughs> I'm awake now. <laughs> <laughs> At 2.15 in the States, we finally woken her up from the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's this really interesting thing, and I, was, I didn't know I was going to come out and say this to you straight away, but there's this thing where, like, I just feel... Because I've watched so many of your incredible videos and I love your videos. For those tuning into M for the first time, okay, let me introduce you to the buyer, then we'll talk about the videos. M, she's the founder of Ziva Meditation. That's the thing, right? I want to call her M because I feel like I know you so well. <laughs> so I, don't no, I was just that. thinking how much I enjoy that you're calling me M. It's like M with an Australian accent makes me feel so loved. <laughs> cool. So I'm just going to go there. So M is okay. uh, Emily Fletcher affectionately known as M in this podcast, is the founder of Ziva Meditation. She's a leading expert for extraordinary performance, right? Um, her best-selling book, Stress Less, Accomplish More. Okay, I've been meditating for eight years. I loved this book, right? It debuted at number seven out of all books on Amazon. The New York Times, Good Morning America, The Today Show, Vogue and ABC News have all featured Emily's work. She's been named one of the top 100 women in wellness to watch, has taught more than 20,000 students around the world and has spoken on meditation for performance at great places like Apple, Google, Harvard Business School, Barclays Bank. Her graduates include Oscar, Grammy, Grammy, Emmy, award winners, NBA players, Navy SEALs, Fortune 500 CEOs, and most importantly, busy parents and normal Samaritans just like yourself and myself. Uh, the Ziva Technique is a powerful trifecta and I can't wait to dive into this because it's mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting designed to unlock your full potential. 
Um, let's start with the most obvious thing for those that are tuning into the video version of this. I li- I've at least got a shaved head, right? And I know that like I'm capable of growing a beard and like, you know, <laughs> meditation teachers come in all different shapes, forms and sizes. But what is someone that is walked off Broadway doing teaching us meditation and mind, mind you like killing it? <laughs> <laughs> well, to me, I just see meditation as a performance tool, to be quite honest. And I right. think that's why I've had the success that I've had in teaching it is that usually the people that come to me are not necessarily looking to shift their identity. They're not looking to change who they are. They just want to be better at what they do. And that's really, that's what it was for me. I was on Broadway for 10 years. I found this tool. It helped me perform at the top of my game. And that's the way I frame it to people. And and I, I loved what you said. Thank you for reading the book and thank you for sharing your feedback. But you said it was almost a minimalist approach that I just stripped all the noise and got to the simplicity of the technique. And uh, not that I'm calling myself a master right now, but my definition of mastery is the ability to take complex subjects and articulate them with simplicity. Mm. And it took a lot of work and many, many years in teaching thousands of people and a whole team of editors in order to get to that level of simplicity. And it's something that I've worked really, really hard on. And so anyway, long story short, Meditation helped me be better at my job. And now I like to give that same gift to other people. Because there's a quote that you've got, which I absolutely adore. We don't meditate to be better at meditating. We meditate to be better at life. (laughs) (laughs) I think I should say get good, which is like almost like my, it's like my Southern roots coming out. But I like that. I'm like, we don't meditate to get good at meditation. We meditate to get good at life. Um, And, and I like it because Again, so many people start meditation and quit because they think that they can't do it because they can't clear their mind. Mm. And it's like, well, wait, well, first of all, that's not the point, which we can talk about later. Like you're not a meditation failure just because you can't give your brain a command to shut up. Mm -hmm. But none of us are meditating because we want to be excellent meditators. No one gives a crap how many or few thoughts you're having when you sit quietly in a chair. But everyone cares. Uh Uh-oh. I'm going to sneeze. Bless you. Ah, thank you. Um, so no one cares how many or few thoughts you're having when you sit quietly in a chair, but everyone cares how good you are at life. You know, how kind are you? How present are you? How compassionate are you? How creative are you? How intuitive are you? And these are all very real benefits of meditation. And none of those benefits have anything to do with how adept you are at telling your brain to shut up. So we're, a lot of us are running around feeling like meditation failures because we're judging ourselves based on misinformation. So tell me a little bit about your backstory. So how did you end up going from like, what was going on in your head? So were you trying to clear your mind when you first came to meditation? Mm-mm. I had no idea what meditation was really like, and I realized what a luxury that is now because mm-hmm. I started meditating 11 years ago and I started teaching nine years ago. And yep. so I used to have the luxury of taking people from zero to meditation. Now I have to undo everybody's preconceived notions because <laughs> they got three meditation apps on their phone that they're not using, you know? And so I got to undo that noise before I can be like, Hey, here's, here's something that might actually, you might actually stick to it because you're going to see a return on your time investment. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was going on for me is that I was on Broadway. I was doing, I've, I've been performing for 10 years. My last show was a chorus line. Yeah. My job was to understudy three of the lead roles. So mm-hmm. you never know which character you're going to play. So that led to a lot of stress and anxiety. I was going gray. I was having insomnia for 18 months. I was getting sick. And I took this course. I signed up for this four day course on the first day of my first course. I was meditating. 
I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know I should be clearing my mind or anything else. And so I just liked the way I felt. And then that night I slept through the night for the first time in 18 months. Oh, and I have every night since that was 11 years ago. Then I stopped going gray. I'm 40 now. I don't have gray hair. I was legitimately going gray at 27. I didn't get sick for eight and a half years. Mm. And most importantly, I started enjoying my job again. And so I just thought, why is everyone not doing this? So I left Broadway. I went to India and I started what became a three-year training process to teach. I was not in India for those whole three years. I'm not that hardcore. <laughs> My training was very hardcore, but it, it was not all in India. Um, mm -hmm. But it was, you know, thousands of hours of apprenticing, 18 hours a week of meditating, transcribing books by hand in Sanskrit. Like it was not a weekend yoga certification. It was more like getting a PhD in the Vedas. And, uh, and then since graduating, like you said, I, I have a brick and mortar studio here in New York. We created the world's first online meditation training, which I'm really proud of. And then the book came out last year and has sold over 50,000 copies. And so it's just been fascinating to see that the world is ready. You know, we're, we're waking up to the fact that we can't caffeinate ourselves all day and drink ourselves to sleep at night and wonder why we don't have any energy. <laughs> so it's a, it's a fun time to be alive. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit more about, um, about that. So I want to dive into just quickly tapping into, it comes from Nichkam Karma Yoga, so which mm -hmm. I love. Okay. So I'm just going to be a bit of a fan for a second. So, <laughs> so I love how when we start tuning into stress, less accomplish more, it does loosely translate to what you've defined as union attained by action hardly taken. Right. Mm -hmm. And the way your approach is, and I'm going to have to keep using the word minimalist. Um, it's just because it has that clean, simple feeling to it. And it just, that legitimately sounds like exactly what you've kind of taken a little, uh, how do I say this? You've brought that to the masses in a way, you know, but like mm. really just like stripped it of what it doesn't need in order for you to, to develop a practice that can actually promote adherence. Mm. Yeah, minimum so, viable dose. Yeah, <laughs> I love like that. what? What are you going to do that's that you're actually going to commit to, and it's going to move the needle for you? Mm. And I think a lot of times we confuse simplicity for weakness, mm. and the power in this practice comes from the simplicity. It's not simple in spite of its power. It's it's powerful because of its simplicity. Which is a great point to note. So when we're talking about stress, a lot of people are dealing with a lot of different things, right? Um, why, like? what does stress have to do on our body? Like I kind of playing like the devil's advocate here just to sort of uh, take the conversation further. Um, what is stress doing to us that is kind of like turning us gray or helping us not sleep or what is going on in there? What are the challenges that we have? I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
So the human stress reaction is born out of predatory attacks. You know, in order to keep these meat suits alive 10,000 years ago, when there was lions and tigers and bears roaming around, our bodies had to launch into a series of chemical reactions if they were being attacked by a tiger. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that happens is your digestion will flood with acid to shut down your digestion so you have all of your energy available to fight or flee. That same acid will seep onto your skin so you don't taste very good if you get bitten into by the tiger. Your bladder and bowels evacuate so you can be light on your feet. Your immune system goes to the back burner because who cares if you're going to get cancer, if you're about to be killed by a tiger. Your sex drive will go to the back burner. Adrenaline and cortisol levels increase, which can lead to belly fat, erectile dysfunction, infertility. Um, so this series of chemical reactions is very useful if your demands are predators, but if your demands are in-laws or kids or traffic mm -hmm. or red eyes or emails, then the fight or flight thing is maladaptive. It's keeping us from performing at the top of our game. And so that's why if you start to practice a technique that's dealing not only with your stress in the now, which is what most mindfulness techniques are doing, most of the apps, the YouTube videos, the guided quote unquote meditations, I would actually put in the category of mindfulness, mm. which is very good at dealing with your stress in the now, a state change. Whereas the meditation portion of Ziva is creating a trait change. It's getting rid of your stress from the past, all of that stuff we've been storing in our cellular. And now we even know in our epigenetic memory. And so when you start to go after that root cause, that stress that we've been accumulating in our bodies, when that comes up and out, that's when people start to see a real return on time investment. Because if all you're doing is dealing with your stress in the now, that's a very Western, like treat the symptom type thinking, right? right. I'm, I'm tired. Let me have some coffee. I can't sleep. Let me take a sleeping pill. I'm stressed. I went to work. My boss yelled at me. Let me do 10 minutes of my app, you know, better than a shot of tequila, but it's dealing with the stress in the now where Ziva, mm -hmm. where I think people are really seeing these amazing benefits with Ziva and what's different from other practices is that we're really going after that stress from the past. It's mm -hmm. so it's giving you more uh, computing power, more brain power, more physical energy for you to accomplish the task at hand. And this is why we can stress less and accomplish more because that accumulation of stresses is it's what's making us stupid, sick, and slow as a species. You get rid of that and you start to feel like a superpower, superhero. I love that. So I have to admit that we're actually reading your book. I've had this question posed to me many times, like what's the difference between mindfulness and meditation, Amrit? And, you know, I would often say mindfulness is about bringing yourself into the now, but I really, the book gave like, and you just articulated for me, my favorite, my new favorite definition of the difference between mindfulness and meditation and the meditation, like exactly how you put it. It's like defragging all the stuff in the hard drive, you know, it's like just giving all that noise and all that stuff of an opportunity to settle. And you tell the story about the guy that actually sees the tiger. One goes to the bar and one's having a laugh about it later. Can you tell us that story? I love that story. Uh, well, it's just a parable. It didn't really happen, but let's yeah. say that, you know, let's say I was teaching a meditation class at my studio in New York city and half the room is uh, graduating from the class. Yeah. They've taken the meditation class and the other half have never meditated ever before. Uh -huh. And then a tiger comes in and everyone is going to launch into a fight or flight stress reaction. And by the way, that's a great time to get stressed. Stress <laughs> is not bad healthy, for you. Healthy yes. stress. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad for you to get stressed. It's yeah. the staying stress that's killing us. And so the difference there is that the meditators, tiger comes in, they get stressed. An hour later, they're having a laugh about it at the bar. 
the non-meditators have to pay their therapist $250 a week for the next 10 years in order to deal with this trauma. And so it's like, it's not about not feeling. It's not about not reacting. It's not about trying to protect yourself from life. It's about building your own resilience so that you can dance with life more elegantly. Yeah. And I think the way I see it, it gives you time and space to actually process things. And like, that's what I love about that parable that you share. It like really identify that that's right. When I'm in my meditation, like even though there's like a million thoughts rushing past sometimes, like if I'm seeing it sometimes, like I'm just one of my, one of my processes is if I'm seeing it, it's on its way out. Don't be stressed by it. You know, just like, <laughs> you see it, it's just, it's just on its way out. It's just on its way out. Relax. And that's a yeah. really important part. And that's a lot of what I teach both in the book and in the online course because not that many people are talking about the detox that can happen when you start a meditation practice because mm. most quote unquote meditation practices aren't creating that detox. Right. And so many people think, well, I'm meditating, so I should just be floating on a cloud of bliss for the rest of my life. But actually, Ziva at least is going to ring you out. Like it's going to really let that all the traumas, all the sadness, all the stresses are going to come up to the surface. And so I have in my online course, I have this nerdy song that I sing when I'm like better out than in, uh, better out than in. Uh, uh. And so it sounds like you have your own theme song where it's like, if I'm seeing it, it's on the way out. Yeah. And my boyfriend in high school wrote me a song and it, it, the song was, there's more room on the outside. I was like, oh, oh so profound. Like, more room for this stuff on the outside. We try and hold it in. It's too much. Beautiful. Beautiful. And we have to cut it out as cancer. <laughs> Listen to that. That was deep. Yeah. So I really want to tune in to, <laughs> to just going into, yeah, I did. <laughs> it's just it was like a little, I was like trying to drop the mic and then I was like, wait, I can't drop the mic because I kind of got to listen to and talk into it. So just tuning in. Um, there's when we're talking meditation and you introduce this quite profoundly in the book is you're trying to take us into a fourth state of consciousness, right? So what are the three states of consciousness and why this fourth state of consciousness? What are the profound benefits that we can access when we get there with Ziva meditation? Mm -hmm. So the three states of consciousness that most of us are very familiar with are waking, sleeping, and dreaming. Mm -hmm. Right now, hopefully, if people are listening to this, they're still in waking state. We haven't put them to sleep <laughs> just yet. Um, you know, they need all... another year. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then most of us are very familiar with blackout sleep. You know, that's I, somewhere around 2 a.m. I drifted off. I didn't know what happened again until my alarm went off. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's dreaming. We're like, whoa, it was purple monkeys and rainbows and... Um, and, that, and most of us have been on a rat wheel for a few decades of waking, sleeping, dreaming, waking, sleeping, dreaming. Mm -hmm. And this is honestly why uh, insomnia is so rampant is that many of us are using sleep as our time for stress release because sleep is the most effective form of rest that we have if we don't have a meditation practice. Mm -hmm. But then once you start Ziva, you're, you're accessing and cultivating a verifiable fourth state of consciousness. So different than waking, different than dreaming, different than sleeping. Um, it's where the right and left hemispheres of the brain are functioning in unison and you're giving your body rest that is about five times deeper than sleep somewhere between two to five times deeper than sleep and in it it's your mind is actually very alert but your body is getting very deep rest mm -hmm. and when you insert those two restful periods into your day your body uses that as a time for stress release which allows your body to use sleep as a time for sleep because if you're not meditating during the day you lay down at night to sleep body gets a little bit of rest. It knows how to heal itself. And one of the things it heals itself from is stress. And then the 
the body's going to start releasing stresses, which will create a little bit of activity in the mind, which is thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then your brain is off to the races at six in the morning and you haven't slept a wink. That's insomnia. And so what meditation is doing, you start to use the meditation as a time for stress release. So you can use your sleep as a time for sleep. And how uh, important is sleep? Yeah. I mean, have you read Why We Sleep? Walker book? <laughs> oh, it's terrifying. I read like one page of it and I was like, good night. Like it was because if you have ever had sleep issues, which I used to suffer from debilitating insomnia, I was like, I'm going to die. We're all going to die. Like it's very alarmist. I mean, it's great. I recommend it as a read, but yeah. Not maybe if you currently have insomnia, because then you're just going to be more stressed about not sleeping. There's the other thing that he's like, not to blow someone's age on like in a, in a show, but he's like not the youngest gentleman and he looks very young, very healthy. And it's like, ah, it's nice that you're, you know, proof in the pudding talking about sleep. And there's this other thing that, you know, like you were talking about like skincare and in terms of how like the acid and like, yeah, tell us more about what goes on with some of these responses that we have to. Yeah. So there's a whole chapter in the book called The Legit Fountain of Youth. Yeah. And I was a little hesitant to call it that because I really think societally we need to stop chasing youth and we need mm. to start chasing health. Uh, and then really that's what we're doing. We're Because we equate health with youth, mm. I think that's why we're chasing the wrong thing. But we've all seen the 70-year-olds who look amazing, the woman who's been meditating, doing yoga every day, and you're like, whoa, and like just glowing and radiant um, versus we've all seen the 50-year-olds who look like they're 70. You know, So it's like we got to chase the right thing. And in this case, I think it should be health, not youth. But there are now some markers that we've been able to prove in science that meditation can actually reverse your body age by somewhere between eight to 15 years. Did you catch that? Uh, yeah, Did you catch that? Yeah. Meditation can reverse your body age by some The science eight. is catching up and it's blowing us out of the water with the facts. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. So I'm not, I'm gonna, I might misquote which university is saying which, but it's Wake Forest University and Tufts University, which are doing this research. And one is saying eight, eight years and one is saying 15. Hmm. Um, also, if anyone has read the telomere effect, um, I think those two women, one, like a Pulitzer for their work and they discovered so telomeres are the little caps at the end of your DNA strand mm. and I liken them to um, the little plastic casing at the end of your shoelaces mm. so if that plastic casing comes off your shoelace and the shoelace will start to unravel well similarly if your telomeres weaken and shorten then your DNA starts to unravel and stress can shorten and weaken your telomeres and so mm. if you're meditating and you're dealing with your stress it can lengthen and strengthen your telomeres which can directly impact your body age Nobody can change your chronological, chronological age, which is how many candles you have on your cake at your birthday, but your body age is very much up to us. You know, another really exciting discovery is that when they decoded the human genome, it's almost 95% of it is our epigenetics, which are mutable, they're changeable. It's only 5% of the genetic code that is fixed. Mm. And, and the thing about the epigenetics is that they're the light switches. They are the things turning that are on turning and on and off that fixed yeah. genetic code. So this means that every time you meditate, every time you eat a salad, every time you have sex, every time you go into the sunshine or put your feet on the soil, you're turning on those healthy gene expressions. Um, and every time you're stewing in your own stress for days and days and days, then you're turning on the unhealthy gene expressions. Yeah, which is a deep concept to take on board, which is every action is then propagating the next action that you're going to take. And in there, you've also mentioned that, you know, so I love just that whole just how 
like again, succinctly, she put that right. Did you tune into that? So you also mentioned in the book that mindfulness is actually for monks as their whole life is a meditation. It's kind of how I made the little synopsis of a piece there because so many of us are running after mindfulness. It's become a massive craze at the moment. Um, and it's great. Like it, you know, keeps me employed as a meditation teacher, which I'm really grateful for. But then, as you said, you know, it takes some work in terms of unpacking the stories around, you know, what is mindfulness. And a lot of people feel like all they want is mindfulness out of meditation. And they often, um, drop that, you know, they often interchange one for the other. You explained that, um, they're different. And so let's talk about the third M mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation. Where does, why manifestation? Where does that come? Like what's going on here? Mm-hmm. So I, perhaps it's because I tend to work with high performers who feel like, all right, well, if I'm going to give you this time to meditate, I have to, it has to be moving me towards something or it has uh. to be, you know, go moving me towards my dream. Like, you know, I got to hitch the steam engine up to the train of my dreams. Uh, right. And as I think that this is just, it's the most, it's the dessert. It's the most delicious. It's the, <laughs> you know, we eat the vegetables to get to the dessert. Oh, it's really fun to start to feel the creative power that we have to start to step into the full co-creative power that we have over our lives. And um, so manifesting, I get some eye rolls from my New York city, skeptic, hard charging type A folks, but it's really quite simple. It's you consciously creating a life you love. It's you getting intentional about what you want your life to look like. And so many of us are not doing that. You know, it sounds simple. Like, well, how much money do I want to make this year? How much sex would I like to be having? Where's my dream vacation? What does my dream friend group look like? And a lot of us are not asking those questions. We're asking questions like, why can't I lose this weight? Why don't I have a boyfriend? Why is the job market so terrible? Why did these fires happen? Why did she get uh, more Instagram followers than me? And if you ask shitty questions, you're going to get shitty answers. And so instead of asking like all these terrible questions, if we start to ask one simple question, what would I love right now? What would I love right now? Love puts you into possibility, into spirit. What would I want? Or what would I love now? Not what was my dream when I was 12. Mm. Not what did I major in in college? Not what's going to make my parents proud. Not what's going to look good on Instagram in two days. What would I love now? And, and you, and so that's the simple part of manifesting. The trick, if there is one, is imagining the dream as if it's happening now. And what I've found is that the combination of meditation and manifesting is so much more powerful than either one alone because you can meditate all day but if you're not clear about what it is that you want very hard for nature to give you the thing conversely you could manifest all day but if you're not meditating and your body is riddled with stress it's likely that you don't believe that you deserve your desires and we don't get what we want in life. We get what we believe we deserve. And so it's important that we do this hard work of getting to the chair every day, twice a day. We increase our deserving power. We recognize just how creative we already are. And then it's, it's much easier to manifest from that space. I love that. And you talk about, there's a talk of yours online. Um, I think it's a Mind Valley talk. Or is, uh, 
the two the two things I would do to change the world. Yeah, how to save the world in two simple steps. Oh, what are those two simple steps? <laughs> <laughs> well, spoiler alert. Uh, step one, uh, meditate. Step two, meditate. <laughs> because I recommend twice a day. Yeah. So it's uh, first thing in the morning and then afternoon because the, the one meditation a day is going to deal with all your stress in the now it's that second meditation that's really getting rid of the stress from the past which is where you really start to see the return on time investment and just to give the cliff notes version of that talk what i'm really saying is you have to go to the root cause you have to alleviate the stress so that you can usher yourself into higher states of consciousness because no problem can be solved at the same state of consciousness with which it was created mm-hmm. and in that talk i outline what i consider to be the three biggest challenges to this human species right now now, the yeah, three big scaries. Yeah, and they are climate change, the fact that our food isn't food anymore, and like terrorism or racism, um, you know, basically separateness. Mm-hmm. And those are all symptoms of deeper underlying imbalances that are created from a lack of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, how do we want to solve these very intense problems? Well, step one is we have to up level the state of consciousness. We got to meditate. And then we can't just do it once a day. So step two is meditate. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I genuinely. Like I didn't have as much, I didn't have the ability to language it as well as until I heard you say, basically articulate it in that talk, because for me, Mm. that awareness, and we started with meditation and manifestation, like that awareness of like simply changing my life. Like, okay, I've defragged the hard drive, but then it's like, now I've got all this space. What do I do? Like with all this computing power. And it's like, actually you've got all this awareness. Well, inspired evolution, like you call it like, you know, what do you love right now? And it's like, for me, it's like, I'm inspired to evolve. Where do I go with this? Do you know what I mean? So it's like, that's, I totally understand that. But then I also, you know, it's, it's, it's been part of my awareness that like, you know, obviously I sometimes say that when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail and someone's like, and I've definitely been through that phase where like, Oh, you've got a toe ache. Here's a meditation. <laughs> and I've been on that yeah, journey. And now it's like, I really, it's like a car accident. Just meditate. Like, no, no, go to the effing hospital. <laughs> but I also have to admit that like, it gets to a point where it's like, I see some of the big challenges we have on the planet and it's like, I actually think, you know, as within, so without that self-awareness that could create such a massive shift. And some of the things you mentioned in that talk, like separation, greed, you know, tell us a little bit more about what, like that awareness and why those things are so important to you in terms of trying to create a shift around those things. Yeah, well, um, so if we look at climate change, which, you know, you're in Australia, we just had these massive fires, which people are still reeling from. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did actually a global mass meditation. It went out to 13 million people. And I think within a day, we had 40,000 people. I mean, we had 25,000 live people meditating, blasting Australia with love. Mm-hmm. And then within 24 hours, I think another 40,000 people had watched. So that was really exciting. Um, but that alone you know, and then we also asked people to donate money. It wasn't just a meditation. It was like, okay, now grounded in being form action. Um, so but if we look at climate change, right, the, the hypothesis that I make in the talk is that climate change is a symptom of a deeper underlying imbalance, which is the all be happy when syndrome. Mm-hmm. And the all be happy when syndrome is the belief that we can somehow acquire our way to fulfillment, which we can't. We cannot consume our way to happiness. Happiness does not lie at the end of the next bag of Oreos or wine or the next pair of jeans. And we, we just become like locusts on the planet. We humans, like we're not 
living in harmony with nature. We're not living in seasons. We're not eating seasonally. We're not eating locally. We're just like, I want avocados 24 hours a day, you know, four seasons a year. I want mangoes in the winter time. And so just the level of fuel that it costs to ship the food around um, and then the cost that it takes on our bodies because we're not eating locally or seasonally. Mm. And then we're wrapping all of it in plastic. We're putting, pumping chemicals in it. We're pumping chemicals in our animals, in the food that the animals are eating. And then we're like, oh, I wonder why I'm sick. I wonder why I'm depressed. I wonder why the planet is sick. Mm. And it's like, we gotta, we gotta just wind it back and really get to the root of the root. You know, my friend Mark Hyman has a book coming out. I think it actually might have dropped like today, but it's called Food Fix. Mm. And I haven't read it yet. I just read like one quote. Actually, this is a good quote. I'm gonna it's it's worth the uh it's worth taking it. a moment to um, dig it out. Yeah, take it. Here it is. It's right here. Okay. Part one. People are fed by the food industry, which pays no attention to health and are healed by the health industry, which pays no attention to food. Wendell Berry. That's in Mark Hyman's book, Food Fix. So people are fed by the food industry, which pays no attention to health, and people are healed by the health industry, which pays no attention to food. What are we doing? Mm. And so it's, so anyway, the hypothesis that Mark is making in this book is that if we change what we're eating, we can heal not only our bodies, but also the planet. And he's talking about regenerative agriculture. He's talking about using meat as a condiment. So not that you have to totally go vegan, but we have to, it matters how the animals are being farmed, how they're being killed, what they're eating. It matters how much we're consuming of it. And this is getting a little too tactile. The point of the story is that if you get rid of the stress in your nervous system, if you increase your state of consciousness, what I've seen for myself and what I've seen in many of my students is that you stop becoming so consumptive that so you're just like, oh, let me just drink and smoke and caffeinate and acquire money and girlfriends and followers just because I'm trying to fill some internal void. Mm. When you start meditating, you start flooding your own brain and body with dopamine and serotonin. You start to feel fulfilled. You start to feel connected. You start to feel happy with your own internal pharmacy. And so your reliance on and need to consume external things, it decreases. It doesn't go away. Like, of course, you still need to eat food and drink water and breathe air, but you're not just, it's not a sickness. You're not filling an unfillable hole anymore um, with things that can't fill it. Um, so so there's much. that piece. And then, as, mm -hmm. okay, go on, and then as far as the other scaries, you know, the, the fact that our food isn't food anymore, I kind of went into that with climate change. But that to me is born out of greed and that's greed on the part of the consumer and also on the part of the people who are running the food industries. Mm. Um, you know, we're, they're trying to produce as much of it as we can in as cheap a way as we can. And then we as consumers are like, well, I don't want to spend the extra dollar on the organic thing. And, and the thing I quote in the talk is we can either pay the farmer now or you can pay the doctor later you get to choose. Yeah. So it's like, pay the farmer now, spend more <laughs> on your treat food like medicine. Um, and then, you know, we'll have to all vote with our dollars and start to support companies that are practicing ethical practices, both for animals and plants and the planet. Doing and then, the best you know, they can do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then the third piece is like racism or terrorism, which is really a symptom of separateness. Mm. And when you start meditating, the, the connection between your dorsal medial prefrontal cortex, which is um, the piece of your brain that processes information about people who we perceive as separate, Mm. That starts to connect to the insula, which is the empathy center. So you start to have more empathy for people who you 
previously perceived as separate from you. So I'm white, you're black, I'm Republican, you're Democrat, I'm gay, you're straight. It's like we start to see more unity versus division. Mm. It's amazing that it has so many profound benefits inside and outside. And I, again, am just in awe of the way how like, well, you hold that space to articulate that message. I'm really grateful that you shared that here today. So for those that are tuning in now, like we're absolutely in awe of, okay, there's so much that meditation can do for me. Um, I think one of the, one of my favorite quotes of yours is also that it actually buys you time in your day, um, which is so legit, the best way to look at it. Um, so we've got all these benefits of meditation for myself, for my future, for my healing, my past, being present in the moment. And then it actually makes me a better human being. And if we all kind of took a dose of this, I do believe just like you, that it could be the thing that helps us save the planet or probably save ourselves and our existence on the planet to be more likely. Um, how do we actually drop into this? Like give us some things that we can actually take home with first challenge being my biggest challenge. I remember early days adherence. So I try a meditation and yeah, it was good once it was good twice, but you know, I didn't really, it didn't really feel like, you know, I, I obviously say the compound effect is, is ever present. So just stay compounding. But for those that actually struggle with adherence, yeah. do you have any advice for them? You do. I would say none of us have time to spend on meditation. <laughs> all of us have time to invest in meditation. And if you are spending your time meditating, like uh, I did 10 minutes, I feel okay. Um, you're just dealing with the stress in the now, but you're not getting to the root cause. You're not getting a return on your time investment. If you are not becoming more productive, if your sleep is not better, if you are not happier, if you are not making better decisions, then I would recommend exploring a different technique because time, your time is your most valuable resource. And the number one reason why people aren't meditating is they say they don't have time. And it's like, well, I don't have a hundred dollars to throw in the trash, but I do have a hundred dollars to invest on Amazon stock. You know, I mean, we could talk about the ethical implications of Amazon later, but like, it's, we're just talking about a financial transaction, Investment, yeah. you know, like I have a hundred dollars to invest if I'm going to get 10 X, 20 X my return in the, in the meditation analogy. I think realistically, I can promise you a minimum of three X your time, likely more like five X your time. Um, so for 15 minutes of meditation in, you'll get back an hour for two minutes, 15 minute sittings, you'll get about likely two hours in your day. And if you're not getting that, then of course it's hard to adhere to. Mm -hmm. If your life isn't getting better, then stop doing it, <laughs> you know, stop. Uh, because then, then you're creating a cycle of like, oh, I suck at meditation. I'm guilty. I, there's something wrong with me. My brain is too crazy. I just can't meditate. But the reality is you're not seeing your life isn't getting better because you're doing something that was likely made for a monk and not for you. Mm. And so it's like, make sure you are getting a return on your investment. And then the adherence is simple. Like Mark Hyman, who I just mentioned, he's, you know, running the Cleveland Clinic, uh, the Functional Medicine Center at the Cleveland Clinic. He's writing 11 New York Times bestselling books. He's a dad. He speaks all over the world. He doesn't have copious amounts of extra time to meditate, mm. but he says, for the few minutes I invest in Ziva, I get back three hours in my day. And so that to me is really the adherence piece because mm. none of us have time to spend. We all have time to 
invest. The other thing that's keeping people from adhering is that a lot of people are judging themselves based on misinformation. I think a lot of people are sitting down to meditate and they've never taken the time to get trained. They've never read a book or taken a class or, you know, sat in with a real teacher or master. And so they just think that they should just be clearing their minds. And because meditation is simple, they think they should magically already know how to do it. And they're like, oh yeah, just clear my mind. I'm hungry. This I'm quitting. And then they're out. You know? And then they're quote unquote ex meditators. Or you said like likely on this podcast, probably, you know, twenty-five percent of people have tried and stopped. Mm. And usually that's happening because of one of two things. One, they think that they are failures because they can't clear their mind. Mm. I dedicated my whole book to this demographic. <laughs> like you're not a meditation failure. You just haven't been taught yet. Um, yeah. and then the other, oh, the other reason why people quit is that usually they start and they think that they're just supposed to be floating on a cloud of bliss. And what, <laughs> and ha- what happens in reality is that a lifetime of stress and trauma starts coming up now. Mm. And they're like, no, thanks. And they just put the lid on it. Yeah, on. And that is why I created the Ziva technique is because we, we do use mindfulness. Like I am a fan of mindfulness and we use it in two ways. One as a transition from the busy, busy doing of your day into that deep healing, restful surrender of meditation. The other way that we use mindfulness is so that if and when that emotional detox happens, you have the mindfulness piece to feel it, to sit in it and to process those emotions as they're coming up and out. Mm, I love that. So next challenge I have is for me, I, even though it's 2020 and it's really hip and it's really cool to meditate, um, I'm still a bloke's bloke and that's not for me. (laughs) What do you say? So to that, I would say, um, take a look at the world's highest performers, Mm. the elite athletes, the Olympians, the world's wealthiest entrepreneurs, the people who are changing the planet for, for good, the, the NFL champions, the NBA champions, every single one of them is meditating. It's just that day is gone. Like that Mm. day of like, oh, meditation's too woo-woo, it's too hippy-dippy. That maybe two years ago, maybe, not anymore. The science is in, friends. Uh, You know, when I started teaching, my mission at Ziva was to rebrand meditation as a performance tool. Mm. I've changed my mission because that's done. Like, thank you, Tim Ferriss. Thank you, Oprah. (laughs) Thank you, NFL. Thank you, every Olympian ever. Also, thank you, every scientist who, I mean, there's like a, it's a hockey stick of, mm. of research studies that are happening on meditation. It's like exercise in the seventies. No one, everyone was like, I don't know about this exercise stuff. I don't know if it really works. And it's like, look, you don't have to exercise, but you can't ever, you can't question whether or not it works. Now we're there now with meditation. It's like, look, you don't have to meditate, but you can't question whether or not it works. And I think what people are responding to are like, I'm a bloke's bloke. It's too woo woo for me. What people are responding to is what I would call mood makers. Mm. People who aren't actually effing meditating. They're just making a mood about meditation and they're just having mm. lights and incense and wear some robes and speak in <laughs> hush tones and be like real precious about it. Yeah. And I have very um, little time for that because it's, <laughs> because it's, uh, 
it's really holding us back like as a species because we need the blokes blokes we need the a type a folks we need the women who are like i'm a mom and an entrepreneur i don't have time to meditate like, that's who we need doing it because they're the people who are moving the money around the planet and so that's why i've built this whole business on top of this idea that like i'm going to take the very powerful medicine that is meditation mm-hmm. and i'm going to wrap it in the candy coating of like hey you're going to make more money and you're going to have better sex because i don't i basically am selling people what they want and then giving them what they need yeah. <laughs> i'm outing my secrets here <laughs> i love that and i was i was smiling because i remember i was uh the, at the time it was the biggest talk i gave at pwc and uh, i midway through the talk i was so, like All right, what's pwc price waterhouse uh, price yeah yeah <laughs> and so oh, we're, cool. yeah and we're, and we're sitting there and um I'm giving the talk and I was like, all right, so now we're actually going to go through the experience of meditating. And I asked one of the gentlemen in the room to bring me a lighter and he was like, a lighter? And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to light some incense. And the whole energy in the whole room changed. And I was just like, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> like, uh, oh, that's good. That's good. I might steal that. Can I steal that? Totally. Totally. Oh, the mission together. Um, okay. So what are the... One of the things, and I was not realizing that we'd get into it so early in the in the conversation, but I really wanted to just tune in. And this is totally woo-woo, but I just have to ask the question because I ask myself this question a lot as well. Hey, and you're doing this on a bigger scale than even I am. So I want to tune into the fact that, yes, you're talking about meditation, mindfulness, and then manifestation, right? And you're talking about manifestation. And in many ways, like I'm sure that your ideal reality is to be someone that's a brand ambassador for meditation, like just spread the goodness, the wholeness, the wholesomeness and everything behind meditation. And lo and behold, it's 2020 and people are actually open to it. And they're like having these conversations. I have these little pinch myself moments where it's like, wait, is this, is this really reality? Like I get to teach meditation. Like this can actually be my life. Oh my God. It can support me. Oh my God. Wait, what's going on? Like, do you ever have those moments yourself? Yes, 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 I do. Especially because when I started nine years ago, that was not the case. You know, I had, it was the the luxury I had was taking people from zero to meditation. So that was nicer Mm. that I didn't have to undo that, you know, other misinformation but now like the much better reality is that so many millions of people are already introduced to it they already understand the science they might not be meditating but they at least know that it's good for them so like now my job is not to sell people on meditation my job is to help them to break down the barriers that's keeping them from meditating, um, which is a very different job. You know, nine years ago, I had to sell people on meditation. I had to be like, hey, y'all, it does this, this, and this. And now I just, like, everyone knows they should be meditating. No one's meditating. Mm-hmm. You know, and people are like, oh, do you think you missed the boat? And is it too late? Is it, like, look, I might not be on Goop. Like, I might not be on <laughs> Gwyneth's show because I'm not, like, woo-woo <laughs> enough now. But we're not too late. Like, until you go home for Thanksgiving or go home mm-hmm. for Christmas and your whole family is like well we'll have breakfast after we meditate like that's when that's when my job will be done. <laughs> <laughs> no. love it make it oh, a we there yet yeah. <laughs> we Solid. are very far from that and just one thing i wanted to tune in from the conversation you were sharing before when i was asking about you know one of my pro- like just uh, emulating problems is um yeah you know a lot of the people that are tuning in 
maybe you're not high performance athletes or you're not CEOs, but just to tune that in, just to bring it home and make it really relevant that, you know, it can help because I remember like one of my friends, she's a mother and she's a mother of two and she's, they're both under three and her like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like it's just really chaotic and helping her meditate was an absolute blessing just to be able to Mm. give something to someone that you love so much is always just a blessing in itself, but also to reap the benefits, you know, that she then has. But the conversation is, Sometimes we feel like, oh, but a, uh, like a CEO is just focused on one thing and that's, you know, his work and it's like, no, or a high performance athlete is like, it's easy for him because he's just going to work, like work to just basically work on his craft every day. And it's very easy for him. And we forget that no, they're also parents as well, you know, and that they're also like, they're also living a life. They've also got loved ones. They've also got challenges. They've also got wins. And so just reminding you that, you know, these high performance individuals are just like you at the end of the day as well. And they face maybe just some even bigger challenges than you have at certain times. And if it's good for them, it's good for us. Um, so um, can I, trouble you <laughs> can we go into a little taster of a of a z meditation yeah i'm happy to do an exercise together like I, I think it'd be fun to do something i just want to be clear that i don't want people to think that this is the ziva technique because like, while i would love to do that it just takes me a, a bit longer because what and i like to do yeah, is make people self-sufficient there's a z and you've mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah. the z technique is what i teach in the book so if people are interested in that they, it's chapter eight of the book i think it's chapter 12 in the audible mm-hmm. um and then i have an online course as well and i just want to clarify because a lot of people exactly like if i do corporate talks or whatever and i'll do an exercise and people are like wait was that it so this is like a glass of water that we're about to have and if you're interested in getting in the ocean then you can read the book or take the online class or come to new york or something Perfect. um so let's see uh, let's start i think people would like balancing breath which i don't know that i teach this in the book but yeah we'll start with the balancing breath i think it'll be good <laughs> so we just take our our thumb and our ring finger if that's hard to do you can use your pinky um but close your right nostril with your thumb and exhale through the left nostril. Good, inhale through the left. And then closing your left nostril with your ring finger and exhaling through the right. Really good, inhale through the right. All the way to the top, and you get to the top, take one more sip of air, floating there for just a moment, and then switching sides, closing your right nostril with your thumb and exhaling through the left all the way to empty. When you get to the bottom of this exhale, floating there for a moment and letting that breath fall back into the lungs through the left nostril, filling the belly. We get to the top of the inhale, one more sip of air, floating in between and then switching sides, closing the left nostril with your ring finger, exhaling through the right. You can close your eyes if you haven't already. On this next inhale, I invite you to imagine this breath and energy coming into the base of the spine. Filling up your lungs and imagining this energy traveling all the way up the spine. You get to the top of the inhale, one more sip of air and then switching sides and imagine sending that breath and energy right out through the middle of your forehead. One more cycle, inhaling, imagining the breath and energy coming into the base of the spine, traveling all the way up the spine, unlocking all of those energetic blockages and then switching sides and sending that energy right out through the middle of your forehead out into everything you want to create. Really good. And keeping your eyes closed, but dropping your hands in your lap. I recommend having your back supported, but your head free. With your eyes closed, 
Feeling your forehead soften, letting your jaw go slack. Feeling your tongue on the base of the floor of your mouth. Letting your shoulders drop. Letting your belly soften. Your hips widen in the chair. Letting your breath be easy and natural with each inhale. We're letting things soften and with each exhale, we let the chair support us. We let gravity open our hearts. Letting the muscles in your legs relax. Feeling your feet on the bottom of the floor. On this last inhale, imagine breathing into the top of the head, softening every single part of the body like beautiful molten lava just dripping down the body, taking with it any stress, any anxiety, any tension, and just letting that ooze down your knees, your calves, your ankles, down through your feet, and with it taking all of the stress and just pouring it right down through the bottoms of your feet into the earth. Really good. And from this space, this oxygenated, grounded space, I invite you to think of one thing that you're grateful for. It could be someone you love, something in your life, just something that you are feeling so grateful for, something that brings a little smile to your face. And from this space of groundedness and gratitude, let's ask that question, what would I love right now? What's one thing I would love right now? Doesn't matter how big or how small. And now like you're a little kid playing pretend, imagining that dream as if it's unfolding all around you. Noticing the smells, the sights, the tastes, the feeling, but mostly the excitement, the enthusiasm, the pride, the possibility. As you insert yourself into this dream as if it is your current reality. knowing that this or something better is already on the way to you or you wouldn't even want it. Reminding yourself that manifestation precedes desire. This means that your dream is already on the way to you or again, you wouldn't want it. So giving yourself a big internal high five for making the time, the space to listen to this podcast, for bravely moving into this short exercise. Giving yourself a high five for raising your hand and saying, yes, I'm ready to wake up. And starting to move your hands, move your feet, breathing some life into the body, bringing your awareness into the room, taking a big energizing inhale, breathing in that possibility, that joy into every cell in your body. And as you exhale, letting go of anything that is not serving you or this dream. 
And one final time, maybe even bringing a smile to your face as you inhale. And then exhale, letting it all go. And fluttering your eyes open halfway, closing them. And then in your own time, whenever you're ready, starting to open your eyes. Bravo, high fives. <laughs> we had our delicious glass of water. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much for guiding that. My pleasure. So short, so sharp, so simple, so smooth. Just, yeah. Thank you. Really appreciate mm-hmm. that. Really, really appreciate that. There was um, something in there that I wanted to tune into is we talked about states of mind and you talked about that fourth state of mind that we access when we're in consciousness. Uh, the, uh, sorry, still coming back. <laughs> mm-hmm. All good. <laughs> um, and in that space, um, you talked about how dropping into that fourth state and then tacking uh, your manifestation exactly how you did for us just then um, was such a potent way to actually harness the mind to tune into what it is that you want. And I love that you did that for us there. Um, What's the reasoning? Is there a reason behind that? Or is Mm -hmm. it just because you're so clear? It's a really good time to focus on clearly what you're trying to draw in. Well, a couple of things are happening. One, when you, when you have the tools, when you learn the tools to de-excite, then you're able to hear your intuition more clearly. You know, if you're just in your left brain waking state, prefrontal cortex all the time, it's very hard to access or hear your intuition. So that's part of it is you're able to even hear your own desires. Um, another piece of it, though, is much more profound, and that is that when we're stressed, uh, the reticular activating system, or the RAS, which is a bundle of like hundreds of millions of neurons at the base of your brain, mm-hmm. um, that's a, it's the brain's filtration device, and it's filtering out anything that isn't relevant. At any given moment, there's at least a million inputs available to us, and the brain can't comprehend all of those simultaneously. So it filters out the noise. And usually, especially if we're stressed, the, the reticular activating system is very concentrated on potentially life-threatening situations. Will this chair fall? Will a tiger, tiger come in? Is my girlfriend cheating on me? Am I going to get fired? You know, it's the doomsday machine. It's speculation station. And um, if we start with meditation, you get out of fight or flight, you get into stay and play. So the reticular activating system doesn't have to focus on and filter for survival so then it has a lot more bandwidth available for you programming your own gps and saying in well this is the address of where i want to go i want to win an oscar i want to play in the nba i want to start that company and that's you putting in the gps and then the ras the filtration device will start to filter out anything that isn't in line with that dream and will start to help you connect the dots of what's going to get you to your dream I love that. Thank you so much for articulating it so, so cleanly. And it has been such a treat to just have you here today to drop in, to share the insights, to just, yeah, I know I've learned more just from having you here. And to be honest, I'm biased as well. I've tuned into so many of your videos running around Australia, doing a lot of the work for Mind Valley that they do here as well. Um, and we've got a lot of your videos um, that we share with a lot of that. And so really nice to just connect with you in person and actually have the, the chats with them. <laughs> That'll be our podcast. Chats, chats, chats with them and Amrit. <laughs> yeah. So 
just before we dive out, for those that want to tune in, um, I love the book. So I'm obviously biased. So I'm just going to be like, hey, get the book. Um, we'll definitely add a link to it in the show notes. But for those that want to tune in to, to M, what's the easiest way to connect? Um, yeah, so uh, you can find everything at zivameditation.com. So it's Z-I-V-A. So Z like zebra, I, V like Victor, A, zivameditation.com. And we're all over uh, social media, just at zivameditation. And on the website, you can find the book, which is available on Amazon. The book is Stress Less, Accomplish More. Um, and you can also find our online course. So Ziva Online is, uh, is about 15 minutes a day for 15 days. Mm-hmm. And some people really love reading. And I do teach a gentle technique in the book. But the online course is more advanced. The mantras are more powerful. Some people prefer a more experiential learning. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get access to six months of coaching calls with me. And there's a beautiful like coaching community online. So it just depends on how you like to learn. And then I also teach live in New York and LA. So there's something for everyone depending on, you know, how, how deep you want to dive into the ocean. Yeah. And I think the way I would stack it is probably like the book is a great place to start and then you do the online course and then live events is really like the whole, the whole, um, the whole experience. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, That's (laughs) great. Yeah. And, um, so just before I um I wanna I do wanna ask this question, which is what where did Ziva come from? What is Z I V A? What is it? What's going on there? What does it mean? <laughs> so it's a it's a Sanskrit word that means bliss, and it's also a Hebrew name who means that means one who is radiant or kind. And when I was doing my teacher training, I was like meditating, 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 and I was freaking out about the name. I was like, well, what am I gonna call my company? And my husband was like, just make up a word. And I was like, I'm not gonna make up a word. And he's like, Yahoo, Google, Akamai, like all these amazing companies just made up words. And I was like, huh. And then I was sitting and it just came to me. I was like, the Sanskrit word for bliss. And so I came out of the meditation. I looked up what's Sanskrit for bliss. And there's 14 different words for bliss yeah. in Sanskrit. And they've experienced many one. different kinds of bliss. <laughs> That's right. It's like the Inuit population has like 20 words for snow. You know, right. it's like, yeah. So in Sanskrit, there's lots of Meditation works. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's I true. Love that. I love so that. anyway, so Ziva was the one that really jumped out to me. And the when I looked up Ziva, it was like, oh, well, it's bliss, but it's also radiance and kindness. It was like done, mm. sold. I also loved that it was a feminine name because a lot of these lineages are so male dominated. They are mm. so, uh, you know, pa- patriarchal. And so, and that was a big part of Ziva as well as, well, what, how does the divine feminine want to move through me? Like what is ready to be birthed through Emily Fletcher in, you know, 2020? Mm. Emily Fletcher, sister, thank you so much for your time, your energy, your presence, your gifts, sharing them with us today. But also in this moment, you know, like I know it takes a lifetime's work to be so informed, to be able to share as potently and as deeply as richly as you have with us here today. So I'm just really grateful and nodding my hat, taking my hat off to all the work you've put into yourself to be able to share that with us here today. And as always, on behalf of myself, the Inspired Evolution, the tribe, the community tuning in, thanks all for tuning in. Just wishing you all the best for the future, um, as always. And uh, yeah, just one last little question, and it's totally existential in its nature. Uh, Beyond the meditations, beyond the skin suit, beyond all the travels around the world and beyond Broadway, who is Emily? Hmm. Learning. <laughs> Learning. I love that. Thank you so much, sister. Really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So lovely to connect with you. Thanks for having me. 
Hey tribe, thanks for tuning in to another fun, enlightening episode of the Inspired Evolution. I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect. So I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amret-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 